Well, Ephesians, it's an uh, amazing letter. Can I encourage you this week, sit down one morning and read all of Ephesians in one go. Okay, it won't take you long, but it's really important when we read the Bible, particularly the letters that were addressed from the apostles, that we read it in context and that we're not just pulling verses out and applying them as our life scriptures with no context to actually the broader concept of what it is speaking to. And so Ephesians is a great book just to read through really, really quickly or as long as you want and then, and then study and go through and find out how, uh, what Paul is saying and how God is speaking to us through his letters today. So Ephesians was a circular letter, meaning it was intended to go around. It's, it doesn't have a lot of specificity in terms of who it was addressed to because although it is addressed to the churches in Ephesus. It's really addressed to the churches in Asia Minor at the time. And so it was meant to go and it's this, and and because of that, what we can take from that reality is that this is a, a letter that is for the church. And it's for the church then and the churches of that area, but it's for all this church and every church uh, in a very practical, meaningful way. Meaning if, if Paul has to pick one thing that is going to be useful, it's not just so specific to a completely specific idea, these ideas that come out of this book become really useful for us because it's kind of like Paul's treatise. It's like, hey, church, if if you're not going to do anything else, do this. And what he's really talking about in this letter is about the formation of community. One of the key themes that Paul is communicating is that through Jesus, God the Father is bringing everything together under Christ's authority. And as he draws all people to himself, they are then, and we are then, to live as a community that is united under him. So the key scripture for us to look at as we unpack this, we're going to go through all of Ephesians, but one of the key verses and verses that we need to look at is Ephesians 1, 9 to 11. It says, God has revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ. That's helpful. Why did Jesus come? A lot of people have questions about who is Jesus? What's his purpose? And sometimes we can make it really confusing for people. Well, you were bad and Jesus had to die because you were bad. And, but, but this is helpful because we're simplifying and really clarifying why Jesus came. So his will regarding Jesus, which is to fulfill his own good plan. So Jesus has come to fulfill the Father's good plan. Say good. It's really good. What's God's plan for my life? What's God's will for me? Ever find yourself asking that question? Ever find you asking this question, is God, what is the plan? Lord, is there even a plan? Because sometimes it feels a little chaotic, right? So we have to come back in our hearts to go, God, what are you doing? What, what has Christ initiated through his death burial and resurrection and ascension in our life. And what are we seeing God continue to do through his church? What is your plan? Say, what's the plan? And this is the plan. Verse 10. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Jesus. Everything in heaven and on earth. The plan is... 
the same plan. There's not plan A that went to plan B, that went to plan C, that went to plan D, that went to, oh my gosh, we're running out of plans because these people keep messing up my plans. There's only ever been one plan. When we read the Bible in the wrong context and we read creation and Genesis narrative as the way that man mucked up God's plan and so he had to come up with another plan and oh, Jesus better be the back. He was never the backup plan. There was only ever one plan. There will only ever be one plan. And it is a global universal plan to draw all things in heaven and earth under Jesus Christ, the Lord and Saviour of all. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe that deserves some praise to Jesus this morning. God is at work bringing everything. You ever feel like there are things in your life that are completely out of control? Come on, be honest. Some of you didn't acknowledge, and that's, that means your world's even more out of control because you just don't know it yet. And it can be really deflating, right? It can be really hard. It can be really confronting when you look at your life and you go, God, I've got so far to go. Welcome. You are in good company. And God is still on plan A. And whether he does it tomorrow or in years to come, or when we go and be with him, he will draw all things, everything that is out of control into his perfect control. This is good news for you. You can't lose if Jesus is your Lord and Saviour. Because whether you like it or not, whether you are responsive to it or not, he will bring everything in to him. That's good news. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's plan is not to make bad people good. His plan is not only just to give you eternal life. But his plan is to bring all things together. And as he brings all things together, and we are included in that bringing together, he will make bad people or people that are filled with sin righteous. And as he's bringing all things together, he will give us eternal life with him. But there the outcome, the plan is to bring everything under his authority. And this is very important when we're understanding community and what it means to be a part of his body. His plan then is unification. And Christ is the key to this. And we, his church, are the key work of this plan. And his plan is guaranteed to come to pass. He chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. We, the church, whether it's this church or Impact Church next door or the Anglican Church down the road or the Catholic Church in the city, we are all his workmanship. 
and, and the reality, the, the, the mind-bending, beyond comprehension, reality of that final day where the king will return and draw everything to him happens every single day we are a part of a community. And it is this thing that has been unfolded and unworked in us as a community so that we become, in a sense, a reflection and an image of something very, very big that is happening at a very, very real and present level in us. This theme of unification extends all the way through the book, including some of its key linguistic features. What's a key linguistic feature? It's, it's things that we see that are like, why is Paul using this? He could choose a lot of different ways of saying this in the Greek, but he's, he's choosing it to, to do it this way. And one of those things is, is in the Greek, there's what's called a preposition. A preposition in a sentence is, is a way of, 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 of drawing us to, to a main verb, but it's in a sense, I'm not even going to go there because it'll just take me too long, but, but go with me here. So, so a preposition, one preposition is if, the, if there's the door, right, and I've got to go through, Okay, well, a preposition is going into the door. Okay, so it's moving us. Now, what Paul does, which is interesting, is he suddenly starts using words and just adding that preposition in the word, and the result is what we get, this, this, this saying that you'll see in Ephesians, together with. And constantly we see this. So Ephesians 2.5, God made us alive together with Christ. 2.6, God raised us together with Christ. God seated us together with Christ. 2.19, we are citizens together with the Spirit. Uh, with the saints, sorry. Uh, 2.21, we are joined together with the other parts of God's building. 2.22, we are being built together with all the other parts of God's building. 3.6, we are heirs together with Israel. Are we seeing the theme here? 3.6 again, we are members together with each other in the body. 3.6 again, we share together with each other in the promise. 4.16, we are joined together with each other in Christ's body. And again in 4.16, we are held together with each other in Christ's body. This together with language underlines the importance of our connected life as Christians. This togetherness emphasizes the role that the church is playing in this plan of unification through our commitment to him and to one another. This is incredibly important. We could almost, this is too simple to summarize, so just understand that I'm not saying this is it. But just to help land, if you were to ask, what's my will for my life? It's, it's, well, Jesus simplified it like this, love God and love each other. Yeah, but, but what can I focus on? What can I do? Be in this community. Be connected. Do your life together with and allow the reality of the gospel to work through us as a community. In our Western society, one of the challenges that we have when we read the text is we forget that they had a disposition or a natural bias towards living in community. 
It was very Middle Eastern. It was very Greek. It was very Jewish to do that. You didn't really see yourself as an individual. You were known as the son of, connected to this. But in our individualistic society, we read this and often we can think about God working in me. And he is. And God saving me. And he is. And God blessing me. But more of the language in the New Testament scripture is about us. Because you were created for community. You are his body. You're not an individual Christian. You're a part of the body. So us understanding community is really crucial. And if that's challenging for you, I want you to pray about it. Because otherwise being a part of this church community is going to get really frustrating. Because we're only really going to talk about one thing for a long time. And that is building a healthy, connected, growing and transformative community. What are we trying to do here? How are we going to reach the nations, Pastor James? What's the next missions trip? We're going to build a healthy, connected, growing, transformative community. And and how are we going to help all the people in the world? We're going to build a connected, healthy, growing, transformative community. Because if we can do that, God will work his plan out through us, which is good. Okay, settle down. When we read Ephesians, again, I'm just setting this up for the rest of the series, so just go with me here. It's important for us to consider the Roman context of building strong communities. The Romans knew that if they built strong families that made up strong communities, the state would be strong. Man, their rules around community were tough because they knew if Rome had to be strong, their communities had to be strong and their families had to be strong. So what Paul does is he doesn't dismantle that, he redeems it. And he says, you guys are onto something, but it's not the real thing. You talk about forming community, you understand forming community, but you've got it to a point that your identity in terms of what you're building that community around is creating disunity in the people of God. You've got Jews building community around their Jewish identity. You've got Gentile Christians building community around their Gentile Christianity. And he's saying, guys, you've got it wrong. I'm not trying to build individualistic communities that are some way connected. We're building one community across the entire planet under the personhood of Jesus Christ. It is my church. It is my ecclesia. They are the called out ones. They are the holy ones. They are the whatever ones. We're it. And locally, we represent the expression of this. So chapter one is all about God's unification of all things in Jesus. Chapter two to three, Paul talks about the strength of unity that comes out of a new communal identity that is centered around Jesus. Chapters four to five brings Paul's address to building this community around united hearts and diverse gifts and a commitment in the community to a new way of life. And then chapter five and six, he contextualizes this new way of life within the family structure. And so we see Paul rewriting existing household codes but presenting them through the framework of Jesus, like submission to each other, which results from the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So again, he talks about things that were very normal to a Roman person. He's like, wives, work with your husbands. 
But he flips it. Because he says, husbands first, love your wives like Christ loved the church. And so he takes a household code and he, he puts it in its proper context and its proper purpose. What he's basically saying is everyone submit and serve one another. And that's a result of being filled with the Spirit. And so again, again and again and again and again, Paul is writing. He must have been just so tearing his hair out because he's like, this is all I want you to do is be a community. Yeah, we'll be a community. Now, those Jews, they really frustrate me. Ah! Okay, I'll say it again. I want you to be one people. Yeah, one people. Great. But those Gentiles, they keep eating meat from the idols. He's like, ah, stop. Be one. Be one. Be one. So today, we are aware of our need for strong communities. And as a society, we have a community for everything. You have your work community. Your gym has a community. Your kids' soccer team has a community. Your suburb has a Facebook community. Even the breed of your dog has a community. The amount of requests we've had to come and be a part of the burner community. Because the world knows we're not meant to be by ourselves, right? And it's this, this tension because we get conflicting messages about the importance of you as an individual and what you deserve and what you need to make your life feel good. Because if you get this new car and this new job and this new salary and this new house, you will be great. So we go on this whole purpose of building my thing and I'm building my thing until I'm depressed. And so the answer then, you're depressed. Well, you've been building too much of your own life that we told you to build. So now you need a community and I have it for you. It's the Bernese Mountain Dog community. It will change your life. There is only one transformative community. There is only one community in this world that will change you from the inside out and bring peace and reconciliation to the very internal core of your life. There is one community and it is only under Jesus Christ. It is His body. It is His church. It is the only community that will bring transformation. Those other communities are great for us to infiltrate and bring love and life to, but they will not fulfill you. So our prioritizing of this community is so important to your spiritual and emotional health. Because if you think you can be a Christian that is nominal about your involvement or engagement in a church community, you, I'm sorry, you are in darkness and it will only lead to pain. And it doesn't have to be this community. I'm not saying that C3 Monash is the only true church community. There are hundreds of churches in this city. And I, I encourage you, if it's not working here, get planted somewhere. Because until you're in the community of God, you will not experience the transformative power of His purpose in you to the full extent. As a church, we believe that our commitment to and creation of a Christ-centered, connected, healthy, growing and transformative community 
is a key to fulfilling and experiencing the redemptive plan of God. The plan that draws all people together in Christ begins as we allow Him to draw us together into Himself. So I have 15 seconds and I'm going to give myself two more minutes to go through this a little bit more. Is that okay with everyone? Probably, maybe. I'll wrap it up. Let me pick one. Because there's a lot of in Ephesians that we could fix and look at. All right, let's talk about belonging. Want to talk about belonging? I'll, I'll, I'll let you decide. We can talk about belonging in God's family. We can talk about experiencing the outworking of His plan to unite all things. Or we can talk about experiencing His fullness. Which one? Which everyone's shorter. That is a great answer. It's probably the best answer. All right. You know what? We're going to go with whatever is shorter. All right. I love that. Let's talk about belonging then. Sound good? Okay. Oh, I've got to get my message shorter. All right. Ephesians 3, 1, 3 says, All praise to God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ, rather. We're united with Him. Before He made the world, God loved us and chose us in, his, in Christ to be holy and without fault in His eyes. Rada, that's crazy. That's insane. Before you were created, before God made any tree, before God made anything on the earth, His plan was for you to be with Him. Isn't that blow your mind? That's how we know it's plan A, because before He even created anything, He was thinking about how can I help these people be my people? And, 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 and then he, he does that through us, our righteousness and us becoming righteous, but not as a work of us, but something that He had already predestined to do for us, that He would draw us to Himself. So that we, He decided in advance, verse 5, to adopt us into our family and bring us to Himself through Jesus Christ. This is crazy. He, all He wants to do is to bring people in and adopt us in. And it was His goodwill, it says. It was for His good pleasure. Him getting you on board is not a pity party. He's not like, gee, man, who wants Joel quickly? I guess I'll have him on my team. Remember when you're at school and like everyone was picking? Was anyone the last person to be picked? Man, I had like years of counselling because of that. It was just constantly like, oh, I guess we'll take James then. That's not what God does with you. It wasn't just something he did out of his empathy. He did it out of love, this deep love for you and commitment and his good pleasure. He said, I want you to be a part of this. And, and the way we know that we're a part of this family is he gave us his Holy Spirit. He is the guarantee of our inheritance. Man, the God who created everything so wants you in His family and so needs you to understand that you're a part of His family. He said, what can I give them? What, what can I give them to help them constantly be reminded that I love and accept them? Oh, I know, I'll give them my very presence wherever they go. The Israelites were desperate for the presence of God. We sung about this desperate. And he said, here's my spirit. He'll go with you everywhere you want, just so you know I'm part of my family. Man, 
If that doesn't make you feel like you belong, I don't know what else will. You are so, so accepted. You might not always feel like you behave the right way. Me neither. You might even sometimes really struggle with believing. Me too. But you will always, 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 if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, belong in Him and His family. Amen. So, what do we do with that? Two things, and then we're done. One, let's make every single person that comes through those doors or into our house church feel like they belong. How do we make them feel? Well, how does God make you feel belonged? Give them your love and give them your presence. Give them love, attention, focus, and give them your time. The greatest thing you can give one another is your time in your presence. Spend time together. Do life together. Show people that they belong here, they, that, that, that they don't need to believe to belong, that they don't need to have all their, they can just belong. And then to, if you're feeling like you don't belong, and I'll leave you with this question to ponder over the next few weeks. Is it maybe because you need to go from a place of spectating to a place of participating? Have you been coming? Because that's what you do as a Christian. You go to church. But I still don't feel in. Because this is not something you attend. This is not something you just come to. It's something you're a part of. So maybe next time the freedom course comes around, go to it. Engage. Maybe next time there's an hour of power and we're praying together. Come. Engage. Next time we say, hey, DK needs some people on the coffee machine. And you go, I know what to do with coffee. Come. Engage. If you don't know what to do with coffee, stay away. Join another team. (laughs) Caffeine is too important to us. Be engaged. And, more, and, and one of the, the easiest things you can do, one of the things that is almost like baseline level of us getting committed into a community in terms of the way we do church, it's not, it's not the way for every church, okay? It's not like this is the only way to do church, but it's a, man, a method we're using to make sure community is, is prime, is, is join a home church. Like, just join. And if you're not sure how to do that, come back next week. We've got a home church here. It's kind of like a test and measure and see if this thing is kind of works for you. And then find community. Amen. Heavenly Father, help us to be one as you are one. I pray today that you would bind our hearts together. I pray today that we would have the great opportunity to love, support, forgive, heal, and work with one another. I pray for anyone here that is feeling isolated, disconnected, not accepted. I speak against the lie of the enemy that would try and tell them they're not worth it, Try and tell them that they can't belong. Try and tell them that they're too sinful to belong or they're not cool enough to belong or they're 
too poor or too rich or whatever reason they've had in their mind to not be able to belong here today, I pray you remove that lie and you flood their hearts with light and peace so that they can know that they know that they know that they are accepted by you and they belong in this church. Help us, Holy Spirit, to be a community that helps people belong. As we finish here today, just lift your hands to God. Holy Spirit, fill us all. Let us be carriers of your presence, carriers of your love, so that as we go into our community this week, we help people feel loved, engaged, and connected. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Have a good day.